Hey everybody, it's Dave here. And as the draft gets closer and closer day by day, we thought it'd be great to bring you Climbing the Pocket Network's Tyler Fornis and his top five draft choices by position. Today, we're starting with quarterbacks. Hey, Tyler, how you doing? Dave, life is good here on this Sunday where we're recording. I've got the Masters on in the background, and I'm ready to talk some football. All right, you do that. Tell me about the quarterbacks. Which quarterback, if I'm drafting for a team and could draft anywhere, would I want? I think the answer here, Dave, is pretty cut and dry, and that's Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. He is far and away the best prospect in this class. And you could argue he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck in 2012 or even John Elway back in 1983. He's a generational type player. He can make deep, powerful, accurate throws to all levels of the field. He can make that 20-yard out route with ease and precision. He And he's a fantastic runner of the football as well. At Clemson, he ran a pretty simplistic offense, which was uh, designed heavy RPO. And he was making constant decisions based on what the defense was giving him. And he was able to take advantage with his legs when things weren't open down the field. Uh, I think when you take a look at the rest of the guys in this class, Justin Fields is somebody who was always his 1B. Uh, Depending on which recruiting service you looked at three years ago, one of them was one, the other was two. They've always kind of had this comparison. But to me, Lawrence stood out above everyone else pretty clearly. And he's, he's the kind of guy that, Nobody's truly can't miss, but he's about as close as you're ever going to get. And he could be a true franchise changer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they just got to make sure they put the help around him because Lawrence is truly special. Well, you mentioned that Fields was your 1B. Is he your number two? Fields tied for number two, but I gave the edge to North Dakota State's Trey Lance. Now, uh, one of the things that when you kind of look at both of these players is they play a relatively similar style of football. They're both uh, have powerful arms. They throw with accuracy and they're fantastic runners. But what separated Lance for me, even though they got identical grades, was how much potential he still has to grow within himself. And Lance already runs a pro style offense with ease and precision. He only had one turnover at the college level. Uh, in his freshman season, and that was in the first quarter of his first ever start, he had a fumble lost. Now, there were about four or five times where you could really see that, hey, that ball probably should have been picked. Some of that's going to be luck, but to even to have four turnovers, four passes intercepted, that's pretty incredible for a redshirt freshman. He led NDSU to an undefeated record and a national championship. Lance uh, can make every throw in the book. He, he can run incredibly well. He makes throws with precision. He can make that deep out, and he can go through progressions very well. Uh, Justin, uh, Justin Fields, as I kind of alluded to, is my quarterback three, and there's been a lot of talk that he made seven throws past his first read, which I watched a bunch of games of Justin Fields, and his first game, I saw like nine of his first 15 throws he got to his second, third, and fourth read. So some of this is just blatant racism or 
they're telling on themselves because, oh, Ohio State hasn't produced a good NFL quarterback. Let me tell you, Justin Fields is going to be a really good NFL quarterback. He has that it factor. He has the want, the drive. You can just see it on the field. Uh, In the semifinal against Clemson, uh, he got speared with a helmet, broke ribs, came back, and just led multiple scoring drives afterwards. And he showed a lot of grit and determination. And he made some incredible throws in that football game. Fields is, I wouldn't say can't miss either. Can't miss is a term you really shouldn't use. But if there was... If there is a class that's going to have three successful quarterbacks come out of it, like this could be a repeat of 2004 where we had Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning all go in the top 10 picks. Like this class can be that good. And Justin Fields and Trey Lance are both fantastic football players. And I think the thing, like I said, with Lance, He's already this good, and there's so much more room to grow. I think even more so than Justin Fields. If uh, somebody I really respect, Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report, said, if Lance would have had a full 2020, there's a good chance he could have competed with Trevor Lawrence for the first overall pick. And I don't disagree. Lance still has so much room to grow when he's already this good. It just put him over the top for me. And if anybody wants to put Fields at two, I don't blame them one bit, but... Lance would be the guy I would take after Trevor Lawrence. You mentioned racism, and racism can be a part of it. But you've also got to remember this is smoke season. This is where coaches and GMs lie more than normal to get to put out there something that may drop, say, Justin Fields. Say he doesn't have enough effort to work ethic, right? He doesn't get past his first reads and hopes to drop him low enough so they could pick him up. Could that be part of it? You know, I absolutely think it could have. But a lot of the people that are saying these things are those who are supposed to be considered experts. And when experts are telling you this, that's when you really need to sit back and ponder. Because if somebody on ESPN who uh, is paid for their opinion on the NFL and what these players are, they say those when you kind of connect the dots and say there's something else going on here because it's pretty easy. I've only been doing this a few years. Somebody who's been watching football for a long time should be able to see the same things I am and more. Justin Fields easily makes progressions, and especially in Urban Meyer's offense. That's what Ryan Day still runs. It's a spread option offense where they run a lot of mesh, a lot of uh, progression style routes, option routes, and he has to be able to make progressions one, two, three, to four. And he was able to do that pretty easily. And if, if an ad that now, if Adam Schefter says that that's what he's hearing from teams, I think you're hundred percent right. That's the smoke screen season, but I think it's a, on a completely different level when an expert is saying that, because then they're just telling on themselves. Okay. Who's your number four? My number four is BYU Zach Wilson. And I know a lot of people have him at two. I've seen some people have him at one. Like Zach Wilson is the closest uh, thing we've seen come out of the draft uh, to Patrick Mahomes since he came out in 2017. Uh, My play style comp for Wilson is Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what his ceiling can be. I know I think he has the lowest floor of all these guys. His footwork is a little messy. uh, And he 
he doesn't really step into throws. He uses his arm for almost everything. And until he learns to get his feet completely set under him, I don't know if he's going to be able to reach his full potential. Wilson makes every kind of crazy off-platform throw that you see from Patrick Mahomes on a regular basis. He is probably a little bit more refined version of what Mahomes was coming out of college. And that really excites people. But at the same time, he is just not there yet. In 2019, he was what I call fun bad. He was incredibly fun to watch and he put on a show, but he made some really poor throws. He made bad decisions. And there's, there's some stats that come out. Like he just doesn't play great against great competition. And how much of that is what he's surrounded with at BYU? How much of that is being just himself? I don't know, but he's got a first round grade for me still. I just, I'm a lot lower on him because there's that huge variance factor with Zach Wilson. And for me, that's scary. And that's why he is my number four quarterback. All right. This was a top five. Who's your number five? I'm not saying this to be hot takey. I don't ever do things to be hot takey. It's Davis Mills from Stanford. I, I did not come away super impressed with Mac Jones. Mac Jones is fine. He can make really crisp, clean, deep throws. He makes good decisions. There's nothing overly impressive about his accuracy, his arm strength, his athleticism. He was just a guy. He was a great facilitator for that Alabama offense, which was borderline legendary. You're going to have three players who are going to be at the top three in their positions for this draft class. You have two offensive linemen who are probably going to go in the first 50 picks. Another one who's going to possibly be drafted on day two. Like This Alabama offense was just lethal, and he was the facilitator of that. But I think you could have put almost any quarterback in, and they would have been able to do very similar things. Uh, Mac Jones is fine, but if you're taking him in round one, good luck to you. Uh, Davis Mills is a very unique quarterback. He only had 11 career starts at Stanford. He had a um, in really bad knee injury, I believe it was a torn ACL, and he sat behind KJ Costello before Costello transferred to Mississippi State for this last season. Now, Mills was the number one recruit as a pocket passer when he came uh, to in 2017, and Mills is a fantastic football player. He makes really good throws. He he, he throws with accuracy, and he's got some arm strength. He is not what you would call a, a guy who's going to create outside of structure very often, but he has athleticism and he can run and he can make things happen if he needs to. It's just not something you want him to do consistently. I've seen a lot of people kind of compare him to Kirk Cousins, and I think he can ha- have that kind of career. He's going to need some time because he makes some really poor decisions right now, and he's going to need time to really learn under somebody and take take the time to, to nurture and grow. But I think in two or three years, you could have a really good starting quarterback. And I am much higher in Davis Mills than I am Mac Jones. And if you're comfortable with the knee, and I think what you've seen in his 11 starts gives you enough hope that if you get him into your building, he can become your starter down the line. With that... Do you see any chance whatsoever that the Vikings shock the world and select a quarterback in the first round? 
I absolutely do, but one's got to be there at 14. If Trey Lance or Justin Fields miraculously makes it to 14, I think Rick will pull the trigger. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy who's not going to pull the trigger unless there's a blatant opportunity or he's in a position where he absolutely has to. Christian Ponder, he absolutely had to take a quarterback. That was a big mistake. 14, they needed a quarterback. They traded up and they got Teddy Bridgewater. They tried to get Johnny Manziel. Uh, and then they signed Kirk Cousins in that with that 2018 draft class, which they probably should have thought about trading up to go get a quarterback. Um, but every move Rick Spielman has made a quarterback has not been planning for the future. It's, I need one now. And it's it'll be really interesting to see him pose with the question if Lance or Fields is there at 14, if he pulls the trigger. Like last year, Nate Stanley was the first quarterback we'd taken in almost a decade in the draft. That, that's genuinely, objectively bad. You should always take shots in the dark at quarterback. Um, I I want to see that question posed to the Vikings. I, I also think Rick would be incredibly tempted to trade back with like a team like the Steelers who will just offer the farm. Like, oh my gosh, he fell to 14. Let's go get him. Like It, it would be really intriguing to see what happens. Uh, Vikings fans should not be placing bets that they will take a quarterback. I know that they talked about moving on from Kirk Cousins. Ownership said, no, we don't want to take a step back. If you get under Kirk Cousins, it's a whole different story. But I highly doubt that we're going to take one in with our at least our first two picks. Maybe our third? Uh, that's even debatable. That'd be an interesting bet to put with the bookies if they do. It'd be a big payout. With that, mm-hmm. that is our first round of top five players. Prospects for the draft. And join us again tomorrow for the next fight. Go, everyone!